Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are in the world. Welcome to Big Lads Talking Straight. Here we are again for episode 8. Cracker lined up for you today. We have Ring of Honor wrestling star Joe Hendry joining us on the podcast today. Now Joe has some fantastic experiences. He has wrestled Kurt Angle. He has featured in WWE. Um, he has put on 70 pounds over lockdown to put him into the Big Lads category. Um, which is amazing. I can't wait to speak to him about all that sort of stuff. But anyway, I'm here with my co-host Simo. How are you getting on, big lad? Well, as part of the 70 pounds over lockdown crew, I'm uh, well involved. <laughs> <laughs> good morning. <laughs> good morning. Yeah. yeah, so good. Uh, how are you, my friend? What's been happening with you? I'm doing good, man. I'm doing really good. Uh, in New Zealand, um, we've uh, we started to get the weather's closing in, so we started to get a lot of rain, a lot of wind. Um, New Zealand is not as beautiful as normal. Oh well. Oh well. Yeah, yeah. What, what about uh, what about your news? What's been well, I've got two bits of news. Number one, my um, my final bit of belongings from the UK has been delivered. Oh my gosh! Yeah, that's it. You're officially you're officially out. I'm officially out. Yeah, yeah. Don't tell the tax man, but yeah, yeah. I'm officially out. So um, it must be nice to have your like some of your stuff, like your proper stuff back. Yeah. It's really, really nice. I got quite loads of Bristol Sonics gear that doesn't fit. Got my kilt doesn't fit. So um, <laughs> I've got lots of um, lots of emo- motivational bits of clothing. <laughs> I think that's oh. pretty much it. Um, and, and to tell you the truth, the, my next bit of news is that uh, I've had my first va- vaccine. I've had my first Pfizer. Oh, vaccine. so fine. What did you get? I got the Pfizer. Pfizer. Yeah. Oh, I got my Pfizer too. Oh well, so yeah, it's great though. You know, I had a few a few symptoms, a bit of a dead arm and a bit of a bit of a weird throat, but um, I'm doing well. And uh, the other symptom, a really weird symptom, is um, oh, here I, we go. I, I I wanted to go to the gym and and go jogging. That's not right. <laughs> weird man. Um, oh my uh, gosh, how did that go? Did you did you follow through? I don't mean like that, but did you, did you actually so I, go to the gym? What, yes, I went. Actually, went. I don't just talk about it. I went to the gym, and and uh, and then went. And then the next couple of days, I went for a walk that turned into a job. Um, oh my gosh! Yeah, mate, I'm doing the whole lamppost to lamppost jogs. I don't know what that's called. It's fart leg training, is what that is. Fart leg. There you go. So I'm yeah. farting my way. So we're on to lamppost. Oh, yeah, that's, to why, lamppost. that's why I start the follow through. Yeah, yeah. So how about yeah. you, mate? How's uh, any news from the UK? Uh, nothing major, but I feel like every time I speak to you, Simo, I kind of go more into the old man category. So this week, I have made a veg plot with Izzy. So we have planted some lettuce, we've planted some peas, we've planted some beets, and we've planted some spinach. So we're uh, we're watching we're watching them grow every morning. And I bought a bird feeder as well. Like it's just I I feel like I'm. Like flying to the yeah. you, you need a night out, is what you need. You need a night uh, out. Yeah, mate. Tell me about it. I know. The other, the other news for me is I've gone back to rugby, which is wow, which is good. What's going on there? I know, I know. Well, yeah, I turned up to rugby last week and uh, threw a ball about. It was, it was a good feeling. Wow. But yeah, I also also got my vaccine. I got the Pfizer, like we spoke about. But um, yeah, I also had a dead arm. But then the the other symptom I had was I just felt like I'd actually played a game of rugby. I was just sore the next day, like achy all over. Mm. It only lasted a day, and I was back to. No, I've I've yeah. heard I've heard rumors that the second shot is literally knocks you for six. Well, that's yeah, that's what I've heard as well. So yeah. can't wait for that one. I'm looking forward to that. You getting yours yet? Yeah, the twentieth of June. 
Ooh, it's coming yeah, up. Mate. Yeah, I haven't had any appointments too, so I don't know. Like, I've got to, I've got to admit, uh, hats off to the New Zealand government because the vaccine rollout uh, experience was top notch. Oh, there you go. From the moment I walked in the door to sitting down uh, for my twenty minute sit down, I think it was about maybe twelve minutes. Twelve minutes. Well, that's all right. Mine was pretty smooth, but I put that down to my mate Paddy, who runs the exhibition centre in Aberdeen. <laughs> so I'm going to give him all the plaudits for this, which is uh, which is fine. But um, yeah, it was it was pretty smooth operation, I think. Sounds pretty good. Decent. Sounds good, man. Well, listen, um, I'm going to skirt over the news because the actual news from the UK and New Zealand this week, because we have a lot to get through with Joe coming on the podcast, and um, really, it's the same stuff every week anyway. It's you know, it's the COVID, it's vaccines, it's something with Harry and Meghan. You know, there's always something taking over the news. It's always the same. It's, it is getting a little bit semi. It's getting a bit silly season. But there is, there is good big lads news. And the big lad, the news for all of you other big lads out there is that for the first time in about maybe four to five years, both of the big lads are playing rugby. Like, yeah, both of the big lads are playing rugby. So if you're out there and you're on the couch and your your, your wife or your husband is giving you, giving you jip and... You just can't go out there and run between run between lampposts, and and you too could be on a rugby pitch. So too right, too right, too Absolutely, right. mate. Well said, well said. Right, okay. Well, uh, without any further ado, let's uh, let's get cracked on in to chatting to our guest. Hey, we've got Joe Hendry with us today. Now, Joe is a two-time British amateur wrestling champion. He's a Gold Coast 2018 Commonwealth athlete representing Scotland. And he's currently a star on Ring of Honor Wrestling. And we're absolutely delighted to have him with us. We're going to talk through all things amateur wrestling, all things pro wrestling, and hopefully get a bit of behind-the-scenes action with him. So, Joe, you there? You with me? I'm with you. Great stuff, mate. Thanks very much for coming on the podcast. Good to be here. It's been a long time as well, hasn't it? It has. Time flies, man. Time flies. To think that was, oh, goodness. Oh, about three years. Yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy how time flies. Yeah, it really, really does, doesn't it? Well, Joe, listen, we've got you on, and I want to chat about wrestling, and I want to chat about your Commonwealth Games experience. But before that, I want to know a bit about the real Joe Hendry. So can you give us a bit of background about what you did before you got into the wrestling side of things? Yeah, so um, basically, I, around the age of 15, um, started to play music. I was in a band. We kind of supported the Fratellis and the Subways and the View and stuff like that at a really young age. I was like sort of 18 when I was doing that stuff. And so, again, from the age of 15, I was playing um, music venues and clubs. Uh, so I was going to school, you know, and wasn't super popular, but then I was living this kind of double life by be, you know playing in a band in the evenings and weekends which was really looking back to be honest with you the best teenage years that anyone could have ever really asked for you know and again it, just like we were saying it's you looking back you don't realize how lucky you were at the time but um then i was doing that pretty seriously um, i went through university i did uh, business at uni because i figured that's a degree that has enough prestige to it but it's not going to be too uh intensive like you know medicine or law or something like that where i can't do the band at the same time and it's always going to be so, relevant as well eh exactly anyone that's going to pay you is a business so <laughs> yeah that that's it's that's certainly helped and then um so i left there we had a meeting with sony in america and um we were on the there was like the second top floor the head of sony at the time was a guy called clive davis like a legendary 
music executive and producer you're talking biggest names in the business and we were on the floor below and we just blagged our way into this these executives uh, offices and we're chatting away and you know this is like when youtube was really kicking off and it was all about hits and all that and he says you know if it had been a few years ago, I'd have just given you a two-album deal, see how you got on. Yeah. But, um, you know, uh, you live in the UK. We're based here. We don't really have anything <laughs> to do with the UK branch of, of us. Um, so, yeah, if you had a million hits, I'd do it. So, yeah, so what we'd done is we'd sold out the Picture House in Edinburgh. So I think that's kind of what got us through the door. We'd sold a 1,000 tickets, you know. Um, and then, but it was a great experience. Went to New York again at a fairly young age. It was just a whole new world type thing. And I remember, like, I was like watching some Bruce Springsteen documentary, and I was like, "Yeah, it's gonna be me. It's gonna be me." You know. So we got this meeting. It's just like, like one of the guys was super cool, but the other one was just like looking at watches. Like I could see in the reflection, he was just scrolling through watches. It's like, uh huh, yeah, yeah, that's cool. Yeah, yeah, uh huh. Um, so we came away from that, got an offer from an independent <laughs> label, um, and he basically, we took it to a lawyer, and it turned out this guy it was almost like a setup where the deal was supposed to be for like $300,000, right? And you're like, whoa, but the vast majority of the funds only get released when you surpass a certain sales barrier, which for an independent label were just totally insurmountable. Right. And it turned out the true amount that needed to be transferred was um it, the true amount that was needed to be transferred for him to own me and my entire back catalog for seven years which was the maximum in um i think it was californian law at the time it was ten thousand dollars and i was like jesus i was like i can't i just you know i was like that's just nuts you know i was like I, there's no way that's happening and the litigation took so long that Ooh, by that point cool. we'd lost all the momentum i saw it at the picture house and i thought you know what I love music, but wrestling is the real dream. I'm going to do this. And it was on, I was super like, ugh, like super down on myself. It was New Year's Eve 2012 going into 2013. And I was like, nope, tomorrow is a new day. I am now a pro wrestler. And I am, and I just, I believed I was a world champion. Like I just, in my mind, I was ready. It, you know, I was, I just felt like I had this, this thing within me to offer the world. And then the next day I got on it. And I just made pro wrestling my life, uh, became obsessed with the craft. And then, you know. In... So how do you get into that craft, Joe? What's the po what's the pathway into wrestling yeah. you've been watching as a kid? Yeah, I will. I will warn you. You ask me a question. I'm good. I just blab. Yeah, no, that's that. that's fine. Yeah, that's okay. You're going to have to. No, you're going to have to. I'll grow some balls. Exactly. <laughs> uh, but... <laughs> Well, there was uh, some wrestling schools at the time, and at the wrestling school I went to, it was called Source Wrestling. It was in Glasgow. I lived in Edinburgh. There were schools closer, but really when you're getting into pro wrestling, it's about quality of coaching, and, and this school in particular had had you know, a lot of ex-WWE sort of WWE trainers going through there and, and stuff like that for guest sessions, and I thought, hmm, this is probably going to be worth making the journey here. A lot of talent is coming out of this school right now, so that's where I went. Yeah, give us a bit of background, Joe. How many like these training schools are there? Uh, there's six, I would say, that are that are quality right now. Whereas when I got in, there was maybe you know two or three that that were quality. Um, so there there's a lot more training. I guess what happened when I got into wrestling, it wasn't like the cool thing. It was quite uncool. So what you had is when wrestling started to take off a little bit 
Vice did a documentary on ICW and, and Grado, which was you know, who's the big star in Scotland at the time. He's uh, any, I was going to say he's a great guy, but any time I say great guy, I just go into my Donald Trump impression. I'm like, he's a great guy, fantastic guy. He's great paper, fantastic paper. Grado, he's, he's great. That is amazing. I've got that a few. Is amazing. I've got a few. You've, You've got, got a few. few. But, um, delve into those. He was kind of the big star. And then what happened was it brought a lot of attention to Scottish wrestling. And um, ICW became like the biggest independent wrestling promotion in the world. And like anything in life, there's always a lag with supply and demand. So what happens is ICW needs talent based in Scotland, but they're getting th hundreds, thousands of people through the door. So what you're getting is there's a lot of opportunities and not a huge talent pool to pick from. So that kind of, you know, so supply was low and demand was high. So that's why I was able to be elevated to it. Was, I was in the right place at the right time as well as all the hard work. And that really accelerated my position where I was wrestling for ICW. I started training in the January and by the October I was on ICW, which is like a lot of people will wrestle for five years to get on. Sure. So when you join a franchise like ICW, how much autonomy yeah. do you have to do your own thing? Well, it's, uh, it's, it's one of those things, um, looking back on it, you sometimes yeah. think, you know, oh, I wish there was a bit more structure to this or that. But actually, that lack of structure gave me complete uh, freedom to an extent. Um, so what happened was I was super over. The word over means when you're popular with the fans. So super over when I first joined because everybody else was blood and guts and I was this like sort of, you know, Justin P Bieber, like holier than thou character. So I just went in the opposite direction. Uh, what's it called if you go the other way? So if you're not over, why are you? Oh, under? well, no, you're, well, if wow. you are, if you are over with the fans, you can be over as a heel or as a face. Heel means bad guy. Oh. Face means uh, good guy. <laughs> it's like you, Simo. You're a heel. I am a heel. Cracked heel. I am a cracked heel. So I started producing these songs, um, which, so I, I made this song. So the company's ICW, and I made this song that was like, I see double me and you. And it was like, the moment I said that to the live crowd, it was like, it was like, okay, fair enough. He's a, he's, he's a prick, but fair enough, fair enough. And at that moment, I kind of earned a bit of respect. And then it was just a battle to earn more respect. And then when it really took off, it was when I started doing these uh, parody entrances. So I did like, instead of in the air tonight, I did, I could feel Joe Hendry in the air tonight. And there's... Ah, yes. Simo's been uh, listening to these. He's been absolutely loving them. You've been loving them, haven't you, Simo? I'm loving them, mate. I'm loving them. I, I, so in, I, I'm so impressed because I think it's... Uh, I, I don't know what it is. I think what you've done is you've managed to mix the business end of it with uh, your uh, I didn't know you were in a band but definitely some creative side of you and I just like thank you I, I, I wish I, I could pull it that. off like it's, you did um, it's the, the thing that I really like about it is I always thought you know I was always like oh god I wasted so much time being in a band to fail I did it for 10 years but now I can knock one of these songs out in an hour and that's because of what I did then so now I look back at my younger years differently I look at that as training for what I do now because actually I'm not really a pro wrestler I'm a m musician pro wrestler you know so it's like you can't just because I am a pro wrestler you can't really look at it in that terms the act that has got me over and has paid my wages and you know and afforded me the the opportunities that I've had it's by meshing those two skills so yeah you had a pretty popular one with McDonald's oh, didn't you? yeah the McDonald's one so right 
COVID's hit, I'm going to make these videos about things people are talking about, whether they've got anything to do with wrestling or not. So I started doing like coronavirus ones and stuff like that. Uh, I did like a Blink-182 one, which was like, wash my hands again, <laughs> you know, so just like dumb stuff like that, like, yeah. <laughs> wash my hands again. <laughs> like, that was that. good, so, that one. Um, that was good, that one. We did like that, that one, and then with the McDonald's one, um, I, I I love McDonald's. Like, I love McDonald's is responsible for about half of my body weight. So when I found out that McDonald's was open in, in, in England and not in Scotland, it was just like, I was like, nah, I've got, I've got to make videos about like this. Uh, I've got to make videos about this. So um, I listened to Liam Gallagher interviews for like a day straight. Like I'm walking the dog and I'm just listening to him, like, you know, do his thing. I uh, I decided to make this song about how much I love McDonald's and dress up like uh, Oasis, and it went mental to the point where McDonald's in the Netherlands actually just used it for an advertising campaign. Like they just took it and used it. Whoa! I was like, God, give me some chicken nuggets or something. Jesus! Did you get anything? Nothing. I got nothing. <laughs> not even a voucher, dude. Not even an apple pie. Yeah, man. Whoa! Uh- <laughs> I'm not. I'm not happy with that. I'm not. Well, ha- you wouldn't be if you're not getting any food, would you? Uh, Nate, as somebody who's, uh, you know, I'm the same yeah. as Joe. Have my body weight's responsible for McDonald's. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm telling you now, mate. I think we need to make representations on the uh, Instagram and Twitter. I'll, t- for you, I'll tell you now. I'll tell you now. Have you ever seen that that film, Supersize Me? Oh, yeah. He's a lying bitch. Yeah. I'll tell you now because <laughs> I've eaten way more McDonald's than him, and I'm fine. So he needs to shut up. <laughs> right, there's one thing I want to know. So who was your favorite wrestler growing up? Your favorite pro wrestler growing up in the WWF or the WWE? And then also, who would you really like to face yeah. in a match? So um, The Rock was my absolute favorite wrestler. Absolute favorite. Um and but a fan asked me who's your dream match now if it was like uh there's promos back and forth pay-per-view all that the dream is the rock but for just a one-off match nothing else just a straight up match i was like kurt angle and then i tagged him and then we got talking on twitter and then a year later it happened that's kind of how that happened but now in terms of who yeah he's awesome he's a great guy fantastic guy but um, for in terms of people who I'd like to wrestle, um, obviously The Rock would be up there, but he's probably going to be off being the president soon. So yeah, there's there's that side of things. Um, and then I, that is that is ridiculous, isn't it? It's like you know what? I'll be the best at wrestling. Yeah, I'll be the best at wrestling, and then I'll be the best at movies, and then I'll just be the president. Like, what's next? What's well, The Rock next? is the most likable person in the world. That's a fact. Now you may or may not know, Joe, that I had a bit of a. I wouldn't say conversation, but he left a comment on my Instagram page after I uh, spoke about his Terramana tequila brand. Um, but yeah, an interaction is an interaction, eh? You've had an interaction with The Rock. There you go. I just had to pull the will, the wind out of his sails when he told me. I was like, so that was, so we're, we're sure that that wasn't an administrative assistant yeah, you somewhere. Know. Yeah. yeah, it doesn't matter. Yeah. In the middle of LA. Yeah. He's like, no, 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 it was him. Yeah, it was exactly. him. It was like, exactly. it was like 10 past four in the morning. He must have been in the gym. He must have been in the gym. I, I, I I had a similar experience like so I read uh, like I love business like I read honestly so many business books last Mm. year and I read Mark Cuban's book and it's like it's it's not long at all but it's one of the best business books you will ever read because it just tells you what to do it's like right I'm not going to write this big long stupid book like here's what you need to know that's it go do it and at the end he leaves like his contact details 
So, so I contacted him and I was like, I asked him just a question about because he's like an avid reader, and I was asking him a question about reading, and he answered it. And now I'm having arguments with my colleagues because they're like, "That's not Mark Cuban. That's not Mark Cuban." <laughs> and I'm like, "Don't take it away from me. It is. Yeah, exactly. It is Mark Cuban. Don't be a dick. Right, so uh, don't be a dick." <laughs> I love Shark Tank that he's on. It's my favorite show. Like, see, whenever I go to America, this is what I do. Right, as soon as I land, I get a land, get the bag sorted out, hotel. Then I find the nearest Chipotle, whatever it takes, whatever I need to spend to get Watch there. Chipotle. If it's 40 miles away, I'm not kidding. I will go, stuff my face full of Chipotle, come back and watch like, mm. the CNBC shows like Shark Tank just nonstop. And I'll just watch it. And uh, yeah, that's that's what I do. That's it, And to, to, for COVID for COVID to take away Chipotle from me, that's been the... I'll tell you what though, Joe, it's an absolute yeah. travesty that there isn't a Chipotle in the UK. Well, certainly not in Scotland anyway. What's going on? What is going on? My mouth's watering thinking about Mate, it. Mate, you're getting right into my lane. Food. When it comes to insufficient <laughs> portion sizes, you are you are literally, this is this is one of my grinds my gears points. That, I mean, yeah. what is going on with the world? I was like, hang on a minute. Like, whenever you've got a subway, I, go, I, would like, I would like nice bits of salad. And they go, what do you mean? I was like, uh, I'd like some... Uh, peppers on there and they put three peppers i said no 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 that's not right so see if you remember i used to be an assistant manager at subway sandwiches in forest road in edinburgh and i can tell you that on the official process for making a footlong subway sandwich the recommended amount of olives is six now that's just ridiculousness it's like i will i will say they use the term sandwich artist far too loosely nowadays oh know? mate no i used to be a proper artist that should be yeah that that should be afforded that should be like the word jedi oh no, i was definitely a sandwich jedi i used to uh i used to actually sign my sandwiches yeah. with the uh the mayonnaise yeah so you just yeah are legit, legit like legit. Oh. <laughs> Yeah, we used to make our own ones. So we made the nacho sub, which is uh, you get a foot long. Obviously, you get your Doritos. You crumple up the Doritos, sprinkle them on the on the sub, uh, and then you put the meatball marinara sauce, and then you'd put some Monterey Jack cheese on it, and voila, nacho sub. Dude, Delicious. I was at I was at Subway the other day with my friend, right? And he's like, he, he, we I don't know if you've seen it, but they've now got this meatball marinara and other meat one. It's like the mega meat. That's ah the yes, mega the mega meat. meat. Right? So it combines the meatball marinara and the Italian BMT. That's a lot of meat, to be fair. It is, man. That's what we need. That's what we need. And so we get, we both get that. And my friend, honestly, wait, wait for this. Wait for this. Oh, it's a bit messy, isn't it? And I thought, dude, if you come up with anything like that again, we're going to throw down or not be friends anymore. Because if you get the meatball yeah, marinara, that is, you, you take on that responsibility. Absolutely. Don't be 100%. coming to me about sauce getting on, you know, oh, I've got to wipe my face afterwards. It's a meatball marinara. You know what I mean? It's, it's what many, it's a, you know? Yeah, 100%. That's what happens. So me and my mate Moose, who used to work at Subway as well, we uh, we came up with a whole bunch of different stuff. In fact, Subway missed out on a trick by not hiring us as their marketing team. Um, do you remember the pork ribs they used to have at Subway? I never had them at Subway. They just didn't look that appetizing. Well, 100% they weren't appetizing. But it right. tasted okay. But what we uh, what we used to do is we used to get these pork ribs and we used to put bacon on the top of them and then we used to wrap them in ham. 
Um, and it was called the Porkbuster. The Porkbuster, <laughs> dude, that sounds yeah. like a wrestling finisher. Yeah. I'm gonna steal that. It's like, yeah, <laughs> you can have it. I'll just, uh, I'll hit, I'll hit you with the Porkbuster. You know, that, <laughs> dude, good. I love it. Going, I love it. I'm stealing that. <laughs> <laughs> you can, you can have it. You can have it. Um, we digress. We digress. Um, get back to wrestling. So you have had what I can only probably describe as the honor of wrestling WWE, and also Olympic champion Kurt Angle. Give us that story. How did that come about? Yeah, so it starts by the fan asks, who's your, your dream one-off match? And I answer Kurt Angle. Tag Kurt, and he DMs me, and he goes, listen, I've heard about you, and you know I know who you are, but you're not ready yet. He was like, maybe one day you will be, and I'll give you the match. That's a bit of an ego boost anyway, is it not? Dude, it was, it was unbelievable. I couldn't believe it, right? I couldn't believe it. And uh, it was like... <laughs> I remember, like, I was I was dating someone at the time who I didn't particularly like. You know, we we all we all end up in those situations, right? And I remember she was like, she was just like, "Why are you obsessing over this man texting you? What is wrong with you?" And it was just like, you know, that gif of the rock going, "Shut up, bitch!" Like that's that was just what what came to mind. But like, uh, so anyway, I'm like, so she's she's getting mad at me because we're like, you know, I'm seeing family and all that. But you know, with Kurt Angle DMG, you've got to you got. To, you, oh, you got to yeah. respond, right? So I started chatting to him, and then uh, I was like, "Oh, really appreciate that, um, you know, sir." I'll blah blah blah. I, you know, I'll keep working hard. So if, fast forward a year, and ICW book Kurt Angle for a match, right? But it's not me that's facing him; it's someone else. So now I know this in advance, but I go to ICW management and I say, "Listen, we like it's going to be this person, right?" But let's do this angle because I think fans might think it'll be me because I've started mm. amateur wrestling. I've you know won a few titles or whatever, so they might think it's me. So let's create an angle where we there's a bit of doubt there, right? So it's me versus versus the other guy to see who gets to wrestle him. So I do this video saying you know Kurt Angle blah 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 tag him and all that, and Kurt messages me and goes, "Oh that's great, we'll be working together." You know here we are a year later, and I was like, "Ah, oh, Kurt." sorry it's not actually going to be me that you're working with and he's like oh that's a shame you know blah 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 i'm sure i'll see icw so we get chatting i was like i worked for what culture at the time that company i was telling you about and and now it turns out what culture had already tried to book kurt angle but for whatever reason agent said no so i go back so i go back to what culture and this is the ballsiest thing i have ever done in wrestling mm -hmm. and i'm so proud of myself for doing it i walk into what culture and i go and this is like the two owners, like, you know, this is like, I'm just like a, a local wrestler at this point. And I go, listen, um, you know, thanks for taking the meeting. You tried to book Kurt Angle, didn't you? And they were like, yeah, yeah, we did. I was like, what did he say? And they, they were like, oh, I couldn't make it work for whatever reason. I was like, oh, I can get him. But if I get him, I'm wrestling him. And I'm the John Cena of this place. Take it or leave it. Right. <laughs> and then they were like, oh, hey, hey. If, if you can get it, if you can get it. So then I go back to Kurt and agents start talking and it starts to, to happen. And so it be, goes from being like a 1% chance that this is actually happening. And so I'm just at a point where I'm wrestling Kurt Angle in the main event of a pay-per-view with JR and Jim Cornette cool. commentating. You know what I mean? Two of the most iconic commentators yeah, in the yeah, business. Cool. Like, you know, whenever ever you see those clips of people falling over and you hear like, my God, you know, that's like, that's who JR is for non-wrestling fans. And I'm looking across from Kurt Angle and I'm like, I'm wrestling Kurt Angle. This is mental. And at the time, I'd only been wrestling, tra including training, for three years, you know? So I was really two years in the business when I got to wrestle Kurt Angle. 
and i remember um i did like a comedy entrance for him i did um bruce springsteen yeah. born in the usa but it was like not as good as joe Hendry, and it was like me a video of me like, like throwing his yeah. medals in the bucket and like you know just, like, disrespecting everything yeah. he'd done and I, I i never met him before so i was like <laughs> man i hope uh, i hope kurt likes this video and i'll tell you what like i will tell you now i messed something up in the match big time right I think it's going to be a backdrop, but for some reason, right? This is, I played, I got into wrestling through the video games. And a backdrop is when your opponent's running towards you and you go like that and you flip them over and they take a big, massive tumble, a big bump, right? But in the video games, a backdrop, they got it wrong. It, they, they, the back suplex <laughs> is called a backdrop, right? It is. So right. I think it's. I think it's the backdrop and I just can't get it in my head. I'm like, how's a backdrop going to work? Because that's like, a bat in my mind, the backdrop is where you just pick them up and do that. And I'm running towards him. I'm like, does this mean he's going to go around the back and like lift me up and then drop me down? I'm like, how's this going to work? So I just ran towards him, right? And this is how strong Kurt Angle is. He just went, like just lifted his arm and I went flying. <laughs> like I had no choice. Like he is, he has got like hit the strength, the core strength that he has got oh my god like even at his age or whatever he is a beast yeah, like beast. there's a move there's a move where i had to pick him up for a suplex and you look at him and he's like a similar size to me right but when you pick him up and you're like oh wow that's someone that's been training at a high level their entire life they just have like a density to their muscle mass you pick him up and you're like he's like twice the weight you think he is and you're just like whoa so also wrestling him it was one of those things where that that curve of learning where humans start some any endeavor and they think they know x and then they actually find out they know nothing and then they have to work back up to actually learn about it when i wrestled kurt i realized i knew absolutely nothing about wrestling and um, he was so good and this is the weirdest way that i can describe it right you know sometimes how you're in a like if you're in a dream and you know you're in a dream but you don't at the same yeah. time so when you wrestle Kurt Angle, you know you're not in a real fight, but you're kind of believing you're in a real fight, if yeah. you know what I mean. And then I was like, that's what this game is. That's what it is. And I didn't realize that until I wrestled him. That's mental. So how did he beat you? Because I'm guessing they didn't let you beat Kurt Angle. Well, <laughs> so in, in wrestling, when they're like, uh, who's going over means who's going to win. So Kurt said, who's going over? And I really could have just gone... Yeah, it's, it's me. It's me. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, actually, to be honest with you, the 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 way that it worked at the time is because I got this Kurt Angle match and I was so new in wrestling. When you push someone, when you promote someone so much that it feels like you're shoving it down the fans' throats, they start to rebel a little bit. So we were starting to get to that point. If if I'd have beaten Kurt, the fans would have just Turned. hated it. Like they wanted Kurt to beat me. So Kurt beat me with the ankle lock after the top rope angle slam. But so the angle slam, he's like beat the rock with the angle slam. If it's like a massive pay-per-view, you'll beat someone with a top rope angle slam. But he let me kick out of the top rope angle slam and then put the ankle lock on me. So that was like a, a real kind of, you know, that was uh that was pretty awesome. And this is how cool a guy Kurt Angle is. So Kurt Angle will get like an appearance fee, right? So he's paid to, to show up and, you know, have a match or whatever. We asked him, can we do another segment where I turn heel, which is like 
turn into a bad guy or whatever so we do this bit where i i, I raise kurt's hand i'm like the local town i'm the what culture guy saying right you know thanks for coming kurt i'm raising his hand and i'm showing him to the, like around the, the arena and all that like boom and then punch punch to the nuts right <laughs> booze and all that so kurt angle's last moment in that in, on that show was me beating him up and then he i so i hit him in the nuts and then i hit him with his own finisher maneuver uh, wow. finishing maneuver which is like the ultimate sign of disrespect so most popular wrestlers would want to go out on top and be sort of you know have that moment but kurt was like nah like what can i do to add to this company to add to you so kurt was all about how can i help the next generation that's cool. and that's like i'll tell you now like He's, he's one of the coolest guys I've ever worked with. So it's like, sometimes you work with someone who's like at that medium level and they're like, eh, we're going to do it my way. We're going to do this. We're going to do that. Whereas Kurt was like, what do you want to do? How are we going to get you over tonight? What are we going to do? How are we going to add to you? And it just, it, it just taught me how I would want to be. Mm. What a gent. What a cool guy. Let's, uh, let's move away from pro wrestling for a minute and let's go to amateur wrestling. So you're a Commonwealth athlete from the Gold Coast 2018 Commonwealth Games. Um, how did you make that transition from pro wrestling to amateur wrestling? Well, it was actually super difficult. Super, super difficult. Because with amateur wrestling, I would lead with my right. But in pro wrestling, everybody leads with their left. And in, pro re- in amateur wrestling, everything is like you know it's it's tense whereas pro wrestling everything is like light and sort of you know you're, you're nimble and you know i mean it's, so it's just a, a totally different endeavor so it was so hard to train one day in amateur and then have a match at the weekend it was like it, it would it was borderline impossible to balance the two but i did try my best um what happened was in 2017 so i start amateur wrestling because cm punk signed for the ufc and I th- and at the time there was only one major organization that was wwe and i thought wow ufc is the new competition and this guy has just got signed without having any fighting experience and i thought so if i can even make people think that i might go to the ufc or or mma or something like that that will help you get leverage later on in your career so i was like right it's time to start this so i started amateur wrestling like 2014 did okay uh, my first couple of competitions like better than i should have and i was actually doing because i'd done judo before that that was kind of the foundation and um i was they didn't actually use the footage but the bbc were doing another icw documentary the second one and one of the stories was what happens when the pro wrestler tries amateur wrestling and I think they didn't use the footage because mm. I didn't get my yeah. ass whipped, you know? I was, so I wrestled for the school. So it was just, there was two of us in the 97 kilogram weight. So I fight him, right? And I was up eight points and I'd only had like three training sessions and I didn't know that I only needed two more to win. I just thought you just had <laughs> to beat his ass for like, you know, like for six minutes or something. So I'm like, not knowing if I'd have just pushed it that little further, I'd have won. But I did something dumb, like, you know, I didn't have a lot of technique, especially from, from you know, uh, avoiding being pinned. So I end up getting pinned, and then I find out, oh, I've only needed two more points. But the BBC, like, whether, you know, it wasn't BBC, sorry, it was, it was a production company supplying footage to be shown on BBC, but the production company that we were with, I don't think that was the story they wanted to tell. I decided to, to stick to it and just because i originally started it like kind of for the documentary as well that was the kind of secondary reason i stuck with it and then in 2017 i did what i did in 2013 
start of the year, I set myself a goal. I said, right, pro wrestling, I'm living and breathing it. And in 2017, I wrote down this goal on a notepad and said, British Championship 2017. And going into 2017, I'd never won a gold. I'd never won a gold. I'd, only, I'd got some silvers, mostly bronzes, uh, just, but then something just clicked. Um, and it was weird, like from, I just had this period of time where I was just on it, you know, like I, I went from, from when I won the British in 2017, I never lost a match. Like, and then it wasn't until the Commonwealth that yeah. I lost a match. And then after the Commonwealth, I did the, I was actually mentally not in a good place. Like the, the pressure is all really got to me of balancing the two sports as, you know, just kind of not, not making like good decisions with career and like you know i was just kind of not in a good place and um i was not mentally there i did the freestyle championship got the bronze when you know at that point i really should have just i should have been winning the gold yeah. you know but i just wasn't there and then i was so pissed off about it i was like you know what? i'm gonna do the greco one and i end up winning the greco gold <laughs> so it was weird it was, that, that was the last wrestling match oh, wow. i ever had was after the commonwealth games i did the greco one and i was so pissed off about losing the freestyle one so i i kind of exited the sport with uh gold from in in uh in the yeah, Greco. Yeah. Joe, is it a different training style from amateur wrestling and training for the Commonwealth Games with the Institute to pro wrestling yeah. and training in the gyms? Oh. Yeah, it's two, two completely different endeavors. Two completely different endeavors. They couldn't be more different, really. Um, don't get me wrong, there's going to be some crossover in terms of like having amateur wrestling skills will benefit your pro wrestling because you'll know how the movements are supposed to go like you won't be learning grappling from a pro wrestling perspective you'll know it you'll you'll have you'll have lived it you'll have done it for real so you know how it's supposed to go and it'll be natural to you but having done pro wrestling and then going into amateur is it's not really going to benefit you at all the only thing the in the only the only way that it will benefit you is managing nerves and stuff like that high pressure situations that's a really interesting point and i want to speak about your your commonwealth experience what was it like at the commonwealth games in the gold coast 2018 i was there as your team manager and i was looking after you as one of my athletes um i was trying to explain kind of the the enormity and the the gravitas if you like of the commonwealth games which i felt like you didn't quite grasp some of the time yeah um but how was your commonwealth games experience what was it like representing scotland at that sort of level yeah so you're, you're totally right. Um, to put it into perspective for you, um, when I did the Commonwealth, um, I was unable to pay my bills. So what was happening was, yeah, I was in the papers and, you know, I was at the Commonwealth and all that, but I couldn't pay my rent. So I just felt like, I felt kind of pissed off in a way that I was like, what? Like, you know, I, he, here I am like busting my ass with pro, I'm having to, I felt there were situations where, and this is nobody's fault. It's just the way it worked out. If you want to do two things, it's the way the cookie crumbles. Like, the, I wasn't earning a lot of money in pro wrestling at the time. Like, I mean, I did, you know, if I, if I told you, I did a TV series, you know, multiple episodes. And if I told you what I got paid, you wouldn't believe it. And not in a good way. Like, I just had no money. And so the pressure of having to come up with all these ideas to sell merch. And I did all these, like, joe henry live shows to try and make money and just make ends meet and the pressure of of trying to pay my bills and train in amateur wrestling um and getting as much training as i could it was really tough really really tough and 
you know, there was a lot of people in pro wrestling telling me that I was making a mistake. You know, there were opportunities passing me by in pro wrestling. And I think at the time, I was a bit sort of, when I looked back, I was very yeah. defensive because I felt like, you know, every, I was just like my back was against the wall. Like, that's how I felt. And it took a long time for me to, to actually, you know, settle into it, I think. And, um, yeah, I, I really do massively regret or I mean, we we can only do our best, but like I do wish I had known how big a deal and how big an honor it was at the time. I think it's just the pressure I put on myself. The worry I'd had is that the I felt like in order to sell T-shirts and sell merch and do yeah. these shows, I had to sell this idea that this pro wrestler was going to get gold at the Commonwealth Games, and I was so terrified that. I'd only done it, you know, a couple of times a week. Like I didn't have the, I felt like I didn't have the skill set to win the gold. So I felt like I was living a bit of a lie. And I thought, God, people are just going to think I'm a failure. And, you know, we're actually, it, it wasn't like that at all. People don't go, Joe got beat at the Commonwealth Games. They go, oh, Joe went to the Commonwealth Games. And I wish I'd have known that and put less pressure on myself at the time. Yeah, I think that's fair. I mean, you get flown out to Australia, we have a two week training camp, and then we're down to the village where it's all expenses paid, all the food you can all the food you can eat. Yeah. I, I mean the food and the clothes was the best part. <laughs> you know. <laughs> but like I think um it's one of those things when I look back at the Commonwealth, um, you know, it's it's a high pressure situation, but looking back, I just wish I'd taken a little more time to appreciate how much of a once in a lifetime opportunity or you know a massive opportunity it was you know i had a kind of a lot of sort of stresses on my plate at the time trying to manage pro wrestling and amateur wrestling i was kind of struggling with that a bit but you know i, I wish i'm glad we as a group took loads of photos and stuff like that i'd love to you know get some of that framed and you know i had an awesome time man and i'm not just saying it because i'm on the podcast but you were the best team manager anyone could have hoped for oh mate that's really kind of you thank you could manage me to a medal, but, you know, we'll just... <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. There's only so much you can do, eh? You can only yeah, piss with yeah, the cock you're yeah. given. <laughs> I think the thing that I really enjoyed about it is, you know, uh, I'm not just saying this, but it really was the... It was a group of folk that we were just kind of flung together because we were all doing wrestling and were interested in wrestling. We never would have crossed paths without that. But for some reason, our group dynamic, even though we all couldn't have been more different, our group dynamic just really started to click and and we really started to get that camaraderie and, and it was just like, I, I really enjoyed that aspect of it and I wasn't expecting that. I was always like, I was sort of like back against the wall. Like I, I found it difficult. I'm one of these guys where it's like, right, you know, you've got a small circle, nobody gets in, nobody gets out. And it's like, I felt like, having you know even one of my favorite memories of it and i'm not joking is just literally do you remember when we just so we all sat down and watched basketball you know just like yeah just just yeah like we we're just having a laugh and we, we just had a good time you know and um i wish i wish i could have you know it, it's really taught me that i will go back yeah, now I'll, I'll go back and when i have an opportunity like this again i'll try to stop and smell the roses a little bit and really sort of take it in for 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 what it is because see when i look back at my life i've had i've been so privileged with the things that i've been able to experience but i always put so much pressure on myself it's like well i've not won this championship yet or i've not done this or i've not done that i was always focusing on what i've not done instead of having gratitude for the opportunities that i have had and i think as much as covid has sucked that gave me that perspective to go you know what sometimes we need to take 
all of it away for you to realize what you had in the first place you know that's a fantastic point and you know joe you've touched a little bit on your mental health and how you were and how you're in a bit of a bit of a poor way going into the commonwealth games how does that translate how do you manage that in competition even for going into your your pro wrestling shows but you know the commonwealth games do you compartmentalize or do you have a coping strategy or mechanism that you use so i will tell you i will tell you this is one thing about professional wrestling right it's kind of strange in a way if you miscalculate something but i don't think people who watch pro wrestling don't really realize the skill level that it requires to do that at even a basic level it's it's a higher skill level than people would think it's just it's hard to describe until you've done a bit of pro wrestling you realize oh god hitting the ropes is really difficult you know like if i said to a random person oh go and hit those ropes like pro wrestlers do they they wouldn't know how to do it it's 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 a weird such a unique skill set and if you have something going on in your personal life and you're thinking about that in ring somebody could break their neck you know so it's like you're when you're doing a basic suplex you're holding someone upside down. For me, the weird thing is when I overthink. I, I, have you ever heard of a term yeah. flow state? I've heard of flow state. I have a flow state. Flo, flow yep. state is, is basically when you are focused on the present task at hand 100%. There's nothing else distracting you. You are just in the zone. Mm. I think I found this in all aspects of life, whether it's wrestling, business, podcasts, like anything at all, mm. you know, even your, your personal uh, relationships. It's when you're focused and in the moment and present, yeah. um, you're going to do a much better job and you're going to represent yourself way better. So in pro wrestling, if you're thinking, oh, I'm going to mess this up and I'm going to do this and that and you're overthinking it, um, you know, it's probably not going to be a good match. Whereas there'll be times where I'm like super stressed out. I'm like, oh, I don't know what's going going on here. Don't know what's going to happen there. You know what? I'm just going to have to go out there and trust my instincts and, you know, understand that I'm here for a reason. Is that the same in amateur wrestling, Joe? So when you're standing at the Commonwealth Games, you're getting ready to go out, they call out your name, um, you know, you're walking out. What's going through your head at that point? It was pretty, it was pretty daunting. But the weird thing was with the Commonwealth, it was like when I walked out, there were boos. I remember there being boos and it just made me smile because it's what I was used to. You know, <laughs> I was used to the crowd getting a reaction. And then when they did that, I just kind of fired up and I was like, you know what? Bring it. It's because you're fighting. I should just clarify. It's because you're fighting in Australia. Yeah. Yeah, we're in Australia. Yeah. That's the reason but I'll tell you what. So it's so funny because um, this is what was going through my head. So the, the, the whistle goes and I'm thinking, you know, I'll kind of settle in, feel mm. them out a little bit. Whistle goes and he immediately shoots a double immediately right and i stuffed the takedown but his head honestly i cannot tell you how hard he hit me in the pubic bone right <laughs> and i'm just in this match and i'm thinking oh my god he has broken my pubic bone he has basically <laughs> broken my downstairs area in the first two seconds of this match i'm going to i'm like if this is like messed up i'm gonna have to go to the hospital with a broken groin, <laughs> and that will be my memory. Of is the that Mike's old uh, Subway sandwich, the pork buster? Is that is that the, yeah, that he the hit, thing? Dude, he, hit me with, he hit me with the pork buster. Oh. He, hit, he hit me with the downstairs pork buster, man. Jesus. It's just uh, yeah, was well, it good? So um, that that happened, um, and I kind of do you know what the thing was? I I am proud of how I wrestled. I wrestled as best as I could. I gave it my absolute best. There, I couldn't have done any more. 
I did it. I did everything that I could do. And at the end, I kind of I went in for this daft takedown because I thought to myself, well, he's ahead on criteria, whatever it was. He hadn't scored on me by that point. It was just literally, I know, you know, I mean, I'm not going to be that guy that goes, oh, well, this happened with the ref and that. It's like, look, let's just, you know, he, he was up on a technicality, not a score. And I thought I'm going to just do something wild here because there's mm -hmm. 10 seconds left and that's all I can do. And it didn't work out. I got pinned. But I will tell you, my i think we have moments in life that we will always cherish and look back on and we were at the opening ceremony and i get a text from my dad he's like where are you i'm here and i'm like what do you mean you're here and he's like i'm in australia i was like what you're in australia so my dad flew over to wow. surprise me and i have family in australia not in the gold coast but in australia and they flew in as well to watch so i'll never forget that time that i got to spend with my dad as well like we just uh it, it was funny though because we got bikes and um, we were just um on the main street in uh you know i, I can't remember what it's called but like the, you know what i'm talking about the main street area where it's like there's the, the beach yeah I know, and yeah. all that yeah. so we're riding the bikes and i remember my dad's like got quite a decent pace on him i was like i was huffing and puffing i was like oh my god i was like athlete. my 60 year old dad is gonna outcycle a commonwealth athlete, athlete. Here, you know? so oh. uh, but uh yeah it's like a different cardio isn't it but um i remember just we we just took the bikes to the beach and just you know just walked around and i just thought man that was that was pretty cool that was pretty cool i'll, I'll always remember that it was uh it was a pretty awesome moment, you know. My dad flying out to come and see me. I'm it reckoning. Awesome. I'm reckoning, Joff. I'm listening to what you're saying, and you, you know, you've been pretty, pretty uh, reflective, and you just need to be you. You just need to do your bit. What's to gives you the best thrill in terms? Is that the Commonwealth scene, or is that the crowd at, at the wrestling that you're at, at your pro wrestling? What What's the? Um, I mean, I will tell you, winning the British Championship was pretty awesome you know i wrote it down on a notepad and i was like that's what i want to do and i did it by you know just annihilating all my opponents in 30 seconds like every one of them all four of them or whatever and it just felt it felt great like that was just awesome mm -hmm. it was a different kind of thrill though but when i think the thing that i there's just such a great feeling when you know that you're the best at something and it's a very tiny niche because i'm the only wrestler that does you know these parody entrance videos <laughs> but i know there's no one walking the earth that could do it better than me so it's like doing these parody entrances i know in my head i visualize it and i go okay what we're going to do, we're going to have this bit play. The audience are going to realize what song it is. We're going to give them a second to breathe. We're going to cut to camera B, get the opponent's reaction. Then cut back to the video. We're going to do this joke. The audience is going to need about eight seconds to, to get that joke in and, and process it. Then we're going to hit them with this. And I can visualize where all the laughs are going to be. So it's almost like being a kind of musical comedian yeah. in a way, doing these entrances. And that is, to me, that's the... that. It's almost like if that goes well, it's like everything else is just, you know, it, it is a bonus don't, when I'm doing my shows and stuff. So that's what I love. Don't you worry, Eric, and you've got a you've got a retirement plan and that is doing stand up comedy, mate. You've got that brain that can do it. That is a retirement Dude, plan for you. I I I I think I'd be a terrible stand up. Oh, I really do. I don't I just I don't at all. you've got that I started doing it. I started doing it, mate. Oh, really? And you, yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, I tell you, you've got that if you can think like that, if you can be critical about how people are going to react and 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 understand to wait and things, you you'll do well. You just need to give it a go, man. That's there's me, they, there's me. Your retirement plan, buddy. 
There's your t- retirement there you plan. Go. I, I, I got it. I go. got to ask because I didn't get my questions in earlier around some of the pro wrestling stuff. And, and one, it, I can't believe we missed a, my personal uh, work on music, which will be Peter Andre, Mysterious Girl. I mean, we, we never. I haven't done one about that yet. I haven't done one about that yet. But that is, do you know what? That's in there. I've got a playlist of like 300 songs that I can use. And I, if that's not in it, it's going in. Um, but I do have a question for you because I want some advice. Right. So I'm going in a few weeks time, we're going to do uh, my local rugby club here in Auckland. We're going to do a fundraiser and we've, we think we've going to do a special event, which is effectively a jelly wrestling match. Right. right. So you might not have much, okay. you might not have much, uh, you know, um, I don't know how much experience you've got with jelly wrestling, but I've only had one previous, not much. Not much. Be honest. So obviously I'm, I'm asking, so I'm wrestling a guy, look at shockers. He's just. <laughs> I'm wrestling a guy who's. I've got to be honest. His name is called Big Sexy. He is uh, the frame that you've got. He is the same frame as well, you. He's about six. You know, there's a wrestler who was Big Sexy, Kevin Nash. Yeah, you know that's yeah. actually a. Pro I know that. Yeah, know. it's not. You haven't booked Kevin Nash, have you? I know, mate. He's <laughs> a, he's not Kevin Nash, but he looks like him. He is huge. Okay. He is okay. huge, and I swear to God, I don't let my wife anywhere near him. I'm swear to God, yeah, no, not a chance because he is. Dude, you can't worry about that. If you start putting sanctions in, that's gonna you're gonna drive her into his arms. You know what I mean? You're gonna oh, no, drive no, her no, into no, his no, jelly no. arms. You gotta let her do what she. If she's gonna do it. She's gonna, she's do, gonna it. do it. Yeah, All I've right? got to, I've got. To, I've not gonna be a cuckold. I've got to be a hot wife. It's easiest. I've just got to be. I've got to be with it. I've, I've got to be into the hot wife and got. To, I've just got to enjoy it. Is that what you're telling me? No, 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 no. This this took a turn. This took a turn. No, man, you got to better yourself oh, to the point good. where that guy's so not the, even an option. So the... I'm not saying send her over to his house for God's sakes. <laughs> well, <I'm... laughs> with the jelly, with the jelly. But you see, we're going uh, to do this match, right? And uh, I think he's going to be too strong for me. Like I'm a, I'm a, you know, I've, I'm a bit of a unit myself, and I've got some good strength, but he's going to be too strong for me. So I need some tips. In a generally wrestling match, somebody of your type of your type of build, where's the weak points? Where's the weak points in jelly wrestling? What what do I what well, do I need to go for? What what you want to do is you want to lower your center of gravity. Yeah. So you want a very low stance. A low stance. Very okay. low, stance. low stance. So you want to almost like you want to squat down low, but you want to lean forward so he can't like push you over. Okay. Then what you want right. to do, you want to get your arms around one of his legs. Okay. Yeah. So let's say it's the left leg. You're gonna get your arms around his leg. And you're going to drive into him, but then you're going to take your heel and you're going to put it around the back of his leg. Right. Okay. And you're going to use that as a pivot to push him over. And that's going to be a stop for him. And it's going to cause him to timber once, and fall. Once over. I'm on top of and him. And then once you do that, yeah. once you do that, your wife is not going to care about this guy. That's all I need. That's all we need. <laughs> That's what we all need. She, she's gonna she's gonna be all about the six she's gonna be all about the keg master. The keg right? master. There you go. That's yeah. my name. The keg master. That could be it, the keg master. Or you could just give the you could give the guy the pork buster as well. Hey, the pork yeah, buster. Dude, help with the pork buster. That's right? so good, yeah. Then, I, <laughs> then he won't be able to do anything. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah, she'll have nothing to work with. I swear to God, mate, this guy's a bit, this guy's a bit of a specimen. So we talked a little bit about we talked about the pain you got from getting the downstairs pork buster, um, yeah. and, and pain for me is uh, you know through, me and Shock has had reasonably good amateur rugby league careers, and we've still got pain and niggles and various other things after watching that watching the Jet Stick documentary. What you do is incredible in terms of the, the you know what you what you got to handle. 
in terms of the pain and the impact. So how yep. do you uh, how are you getting on with that, mate? Uh, how's the what's the what's is there so any secrets? I'm, so the main thing for professional wrestling, what you want to do is minimize concussion. That is the you want to avoid concussion at all costs. So whenever you feel something is too dangerous, don't do it. Do not do it. Don't take any moves that you think are going to be dangerous or anything like that. Just don't. Yeah. I've never regretted saying no to a move. I've only regretted saying yes to a move. Wow. So always be I'm that guy that people hate wrestling because I won't do anything. You know, it's just like, <laughs> nope, can't do anything to me. You know? But uh <laughs> yeah, no no pork no pork no, was no, no, oh no. mate, that's the yeah. top one. Yeah. What uh, know, that's it. What injuries have you had, Joe, from pro wrestling? Because obviously there's a lot of athleticism well, in it. I work with uh, Project Physio, uh, Kenny, who's awesome. He's a great guy, fantastic guy. He was at the Commonwealth Games. Um, and whenever I have any sort of um, things that are bothering me, we kind of go through it. And what happened is I put on all this weight and I started to develop what I believe to be bicep tendonitis. I just couldn't pick up anything to curl, not even like a couple of kilos, just couldn't do it. And I thought, you know, if I don't get on top of this, I'm going to lose all the gains that I've made. So I've been working with um, Project Physio and Adaptive Fitness Coach, and we've managed to get my squat up to 200 kilos, got my bench up to 152.5 kilos, like got my deadlift, deadlift up to, I think it was like 195 kilos, something like that. I can't remember. But yeah yeah it's, it's going well um and i think it's just taking care of yourself my diet is a big part of it i actually invested in a decent mattress and found out that because i had a crap mattress i've probably been you know it's a false economy having a crap mattress so we got a really nice mattress a lot of back pain is gone well i guess uh, we've spoken a bit about your your amateur career in wrestling your pro wrestling career and your obviously your musical history what's next for you joe so um i've started a few business projects and stuff that are doing pretty well um so i'm really happy with how they're going but it, it's it's good and it's kind of building to the long term um you know I, I got really into cryptocurrency and uh despite the heinous crash that happened the other day i'm still i'm still i made a song about it i was that annoyed so I, despite that i'm still up so i'm gonna just uh, I'm, I'm in it for the long haul i'm gonna keep into that i'm quite interested and passionate about it but i'm just super excited to get back to wrestling uh, i do have um some big goals for that i really i think i can go further and i really want to test myself and i'm going to just steer a hundred percent into pro wrestling so it's been you know i uh, was fortunate enough i've been so blessed to be employed by a company called ring of honor who despite the pandemic have just honored my contract as normal so they they have just they they have they have paid me as if I was there in America right now, which is just and that's like you know you're coming up like what fourteen months now since I was last there. So you know you can't ask for any more support than that from a company. So they've been absolutely awesome. So huge shout out to Ring of Honor. Can't wait to get back there. And I get it's a loyalty thing as well. It's like they've shown me that loyalty, so that loyalty will be reciprocated, you know. And because of them doing that, I've managed to, you know, I now own own a house. So I'm uh, really fortunate to, you know, like I was saying before, you know, a couple of years ago, I was kind of struggling to make ends meet. So now to be in a place where I'm, you know, a, a house owner, it's uh, it's it's been pretty uh I feel very fortunate and blessed. So it's pretty cool. So a question about how we and how can any listeners support Joe Hendry? So it's um it's downstairsporkbuster.co.uk. No, it's uh, <laughs> so yeah, yeah. 
is uh, so basically on Twitter it's at Joe Hendry and on, on Instagram it's at Joe Hendry on TikTok it's at Joe Hendry one because some ugh, got there before me yeah but you know that's it Joe, at Joe Hendry usually you'll find me you'll find me final question Joe Simo and I ask all our guests for a couple of words of wisdom so what advice would you have for somebody who's looking to possibly get into pro wrestling or looking for, to get into amateur wrestling what's your what are your words of wisdom okay that's that's a tough one all right so for pro wrestling for pro wrestling um it's going to be harder than you think um so you will find out how badly you want it a lot of people say they want it badly but my advice is go along to training go along and train and try it because if you don't you'll always wonder what if i've had people who have come along done well but just gone you know what now that i know what it takes to get to that next level i'm not willing to do that and that's like, you know what, That's if, if you're not willing to eat, sleep and breathe it, then you won't get to the next level. But at least they know now, you know what I mean? They've tried it and they have a greater appreciation for it. So they did it and they, they don't have to go, they don't have to end their life with regret, you know? So go, if you want to do something, go and at least give it a try. Um, the other thing that I would say is, um, if there's something that I, I could tell my younger self, it would probably be this, is don't chased perfection chase excellence um so there are so many things i have not put out there because i've been wanting it to be perfect and that will never happen um you but you can put out things consistently that are good which will consistently become excellent you know and that's really what you should do um and i think also don't focus so much on doing x will yield me y in return um, I really think there's a lot to be said about adding yeah. value. Like, for example, the things that have always been best for me, like I'll give you an example. I made that Elon Musk song the other day, taking the piss out of him for manipulating the um, crypto market. It's up at 100,000 hits on TikTok. And the reason it is, is not because I thought, oh, I'm going to get loads of hits. I thought I'm going to make something that's funny for people and they're going to enjoy it and the audience is going to laugh at this bit. So whatever endeavor you do, do it to add value and good things will come not the other way around so there you go amazing some fantastic words there joe listen thanks very much for coming on it's been great to have you thanks for having me guys no privilege is all ours mate thank you well simo that was joe i think he's given us a really really honest account of himself there yeah i I do too mate it was good value he was good value (laughs) he was good value and i'm glad you've picked up on that point simo because that was joe's kind of parting uh parting wisdom if you like and I just want you to consider, have you really added value in the last 45 minutes of this podcast? Because you have to remember, you are a co-host here. I, I think I added value by letting people listen to you and uh, you know, giving you a moment to shine. Oh, is that right? You know, ah, you're adapting and evolving, I see. Adapting and evolving. You know, I mean, I'm taking the power sub from the rugby and uh, make, bringing it to the podcast. So. Yeah, you must be. That's right. Well, next week I will put my feet up and sit with a bucket of ice cream, and you know, you can do the work. No, you don't need to sit with a bucket of ice cream. It won't help your feelings. It won't help you. It'll just restrict to your hips. That's what you tell oh, me. Oh, will it? That's what you tell All right, me. Okay. All right. Okay. There you go. Yeah. Well, good. Right. Well, listen. Um, do you want to give us the socials so people can know how to get in touch with us if they yeah. want? To, if they want to. Absolutely. People can get in touch with us at Instagram. Right. Instagram is at big lads dot talking for twitter it's at lads talking and for email you can get in touch with us at big lads talking straight at gmail.com and that's big lads talking not big lads stalking 
as my wife continues to remind me. It's an important differentiation. It, it is indeed. We never really thought about that connotation when we were coming up with the name of the podcast. Did we? Absolutely, we did not. No, we did we not. Um, well, listen, that is going to wrap us up for this kind of month. I think we're about a monthly podcast now. But um, yeah, it's been, it's been great. We've got a, a long queue of guests, actually, uh, ready to come on the podcast. So first, first up, I think we, we're going to be looking at Kev Rudd. He's one of the founding fathers of... Uh, yeah of Scotland Students Rugby League. And then I did actually get in touch with my friend Blair, who is the trans athlete. Um, she has willingly agreed to come on our podcast and chat through everything. She says there is no questions that are off limits. Now, I think this one's going to be a bit of a minefield for us, and I'm preparing to get blown up a couple of times with uh, pure, uneducated ignorance of the topic area. My friends have already bought me the book, so you've been publicly shamed. Um <laughs> Uh, I, I I think it's going to be very. It's going to be a good growth opportunity for us. Put it that way. It's going to be massive development opportunity. Massive development opportunity. Yeah. This will um, either kill the podcast or make the podcast. That's what it'll be. <laughs> all good. Um, all right, man. Well, listen. That's uh, it's been great to chat to you. It's been great to have Joe on. That's all from us this week. So it's goodbye from me. And it's goodbye from me. Good afternoon. Good evening. Good night.